Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dusty Domesticated Podcast. It's your host, Destiny, and happy Tuesday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. I don't know when it'll go up, but it's Tuesday today, and I hope that everyone is having a decently good day today. Um, so, what are we going to talk about today? So, I actually made this, like, ugh, oh my gosh, that was a fail. Sorry. Um... Oh my goodness, hold on. But yeah, anyway, so I made this entire list um, of different topics to talk about and things like that just because um, I didn't want to run out of ideas or anything like that. So I was like, let me look over this list and pick what I wanted to talk about today. And I decided to go on talking about Anne of Green Gables and another book that I just finished titled Dear Nobody. Um... They are two books that are very different, but at the same time, they also share a number of similarities. And then the biggest one being a story about girlhood or just like being examples of girlhood and just how no matter what the walk of life we take, no matter our walk of life, oof, um, we still do experience some of the same things throughout our lives. So, <clears throat> this month, we're at, on the 30th, we are at August 30th today, really at the cusp at the end of the month. I have finally finished Anne of Green Gables. This book was, I don't know why it took me so long to finish this freaking book. It's, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. The book itself is 446 pages. 446 pages. It took me like two, no, it took me hella months to finally finish this book. Because for some reason, I just like couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, and I read other books while still trying to finish this one. Now, it took me a week to finish Dear Nobody, um, The True Diary of Mary Rose, and this book has, um, what's she, it has, come on now, it has 319 pages in it, um, two very good, very good books, Anne of Green Gables, I just want to focus on really, really quick before we get into talking about girlhood and all the things like that. I kind of want to just talk about each book individually really quick. So Anne of Green Gables, after watching the Netflix adaptation of the book, I felt like, and, and it's I, I, I hate to say this because I know how it usually plays out is that the book is significantly better than like the movie adaptation or the series adaptation, whatever. <sighs> um, the book was very lackluster compared to the show. And I know that there's so much more that you can put in a show that you can't put in a book. But I felt like some of the best parts of Anne with an E, which is what the show is called, weren't even a part of the book. They weren't even anything that was hinted at. My dog is like 
pounding the ground right now. Um, is are things that weren't even like hinted at, talked about at all, or didn't even seem to have the possibility of being a thing in the show. Um, I feel like the way that they connected the story and the characters in Anne with an E was was done so much better than in the book. Um, I feel like in this, in the book, Anne grew up really quickly. And it even almost seemed that the magic that made Anne, Anne, disappeared way too suddenly and quickly um in the book she became like this young woman and as soon as she just like got a little older it's like the the magic was gone you know she didn't almost didn't really seem like Anne anymore but in the show you know we we have Anne at the beginning who is just like this orphan girl who is so pitiful and you feel so bad for her, but at the same time, she's just like this bubbly, kind spirit that really just brings the entire world, or not the entire world, the entire town of Avonlea together. And in this book, it says, where is it, where is it? So this is the, um, the back of the book. This is what it says. When Anne Shirley arrives at Green Gables Farm, Prince on blah, 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 blah. when Anne Shirley arrives at Green Gables Farm on Prince Edward Island, she surprises everyone. First of all, she is a girl. Marilla Cuthbert and her brother Matthew had specifically asked for an orphan boy. She has bright red hair that won't manage and a mouth that won't shut. Nothing will ever be the same at Green Gables. Um. I don't know. Some of the things, oh, I feel like some of the most monumental parts that I wanted to be in the book were not. For one, um, Anne and Matt, or not Matthew, not Anne, um, Marilla and Matthew, like, officially making Anne a part of their family and giving her the name Anne Shirley Cuthbert. Um, one part of the book that I realized that wasn't as significant or as big as it was in the show is the fact that Anne has absolutely no concern about her birth parents, about knowing who they were. We get absolutely no, like, backstory on her birth parents at all in this book. We don't really get a lot about her treatment at the children's home and about the other homes that she lived in before and the type of girl that it made her based off of that sort of trauma and how that trauma leaked into her everyday life and made things more complicated for her and just really at the same time added onto her character and who she is as a person. Like, I really (laughs) wish that we would have got more of that that is why the Netflix adaptation, Anne of the E, is one of my favorite shows because their character development in that show is amazing. The way that they the way that they did Anne's story is really good. She does come off as like kind of very talkative and annoying, but at the same time 
same time, I feel like they do it in a way where she is absolutely charming. She is witty. She is lovable. And, you know, it's like she has ignorance. Sure, she's like ignorant, but she's like hella wise at the same time. Because she she isn't wise in the world of Avonlea, you know? So she's around all of these people that are kind of like shunning her and looking down on her and judging her and mistreating her for being this kid who's been like thrown in the system and been given away to families for you know just basically manual labor you know but yet even though she doesn't fit in in this world that she has been thrown into she loves it so much even after all of the ridicule like all of <laughs> oh my gosh even after being like ridiculed and being mistreated and on all the things like that she loves Avonlea she loves Green Gables and yes we do see in the book that we can definitely tell how much Green Gables means to her um even we see that in the ending of the book, which I'll talk about in a second, but we see how much she loves this town, Green Gables, the people, just everything that makes Avonlea Avonlea. And even though she isn't smart in their world, for being a little girl, she has street smarts. She has life smarts, you know? One thing that they did add in the show or that they added in the show from the book that I really enjoyed was the whole um, situation with Minnie Mae being sick with croup, I think that's what it was called. And if Anne wasn't there to help her with the knowledge that she had from taking care of so many children in the, in the past, that Minnie Mae probably wouldn't have even made it. And that was a significant moment in the show and in the book because that is the moment that made um, Diana's mother realize that, yes, even though Anne is different, that doesn't mean that, like, she is invaluable. Like, she literally saved her child's life, you know? <coughs> now, the ending of this book. Some of the things I wish were included in the book. Sebastian. Why wasn't Sebastian talked about in the book why wasn't the bog talked about in the book like i i know that like oh maybe netflix added this for just like representation purposes but it fits so well in with the story that it makes sense gilbert's father never died so gilbert never went on to the the ferry to work so then he never met bash um so then we never got to see the bog and the way that like people who lived in the islands were treated on in in Canada after slavery you know another big thing that was talked about in the show that wasn't mentioned in the book was indigenous people you know we saw the mistreatment of indigenous people and the whole what are they called um Ah, the boarding schools, as they used to call them, which was really just basically them stripping 
stripping indigenous people of their culture or their identity and trying to force Christianity and Western ways onto indigenous people by making them feel like if they didn't, they were savages and just wouldn't fit in normal society. Um, again, maybe this was Netflix adding this because they wanted to seem politically correct, but indigenous people have been and are still mistreated in Canada, which is where Avonlea takes place. I feel like it would have been very important, especially during the time in which this book takes place, to at least have mentioned Native American indigenous people you know those were two big parts of the book that I really wish were included as well as I said the Cuthbergs making Anne an official member of the family or why wasn't even Jerry talked about a lot in the book he was basically a part of the family you know a lot of the important parts of girlhood that that Anne with an E touches on versus Anne of Green Gables, I feel like uh, it would have been so beneficial. As a woman who was once a girl, watching Anne with an E, it takes me back to my girlhood. And of course, I remember experiencing some of the same things that Anne experienced, the good and bad things. But not only Anne, also like just people in Avonlea, the girls in Avonlea. Um... The bullying, yes, was talked about, but what about, like, the sexual assault? Like, the whole thing that happened with Billy, I think that was his name, and I have a hard time remembering their names. Like, at the end of that play, like, that was never even mentioned in the book. Or the fact that, like, the teacher was trying to get with the student and that wasn't weird to anyone. Like, in the book, it was... (laughs) The teacher's relationship with the girl didn't even seem weird to anyone in the book. Like, they were just together. And it was just, whatever. And it's like, in the in the show, at least, it was, like, kind of shady and weird. But yeah, um, the ending of this book. Let's just jump to that. The way that the show ended versus the way that the book ended, they should have ended it how they ended it in the show because I felt so cheated. Firstly, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, if you haven't already seen Anne with the E, I'm sorry, I might have already spoiled some things. If you haven't seen Anne with the E and you haven't read Anne of Green Gables, then don't even watch this because I don't even listen to this because we're going to be talking about the books in the show. In the book, Matthew dies. I, I I don't know if I mentioned that I actually watched the show way before I even knew that there was a book. Do you know how like devastated I was when I read the book and found out that Matthew died after seeing his character in the show? Like... He is is like the most innocent, caring, sweet person that there was in this show. But, I mean, I guess that sometimes in shows, someone has to get killed off. And and in books, someone has to get killed off. Because in the show, it was Mary, who was Bastion's wife. 
And I don't know. Oh, yeah, another thing in the book that I hated. Where was Miss Stacy? Was Miss Stacy in the book? Was Miss Stacy in the fucking book? Um, she had, like, a freaking friend who was, like, the priest's wife in the book. Like, who was that even? Like, Miss Stacy was such an um, another important character in just, like, breaking down the progression of Avonlea. She was a progressive teacher, a woman who wore pants. Her character was so important in, in the advancement of Avonlea. Ugh. She wasn't included in the book at all. But anyway, at the end of the book, okay, so after Matthew dies, they're just like, hey, we're going to have to sell Green Gables because there's no way that we can keep up with the farm now that Matthew is dead. And we're just going to have to sell the farm. We're going to sell Green Gables. And Anne, who had already, like, graduated, or not graduated, she already had, like, oh, yeah, no, 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 she did. She got the highest score for whatever the test was, and then she was going to um, go to the next level of schooling and get the, like, major award, whatever, she ended up turning it down so that she can stay at Green Gables and help Marilla run the farm. What? Like, after everything that Anne accomplished, they, like, like, yes, she was still going to teach or whatever and, like, slowly get her degree. But, like, to make her stop doing doing that, like, full time... To run the farm, like, and it doesn't even end well. I'm gonna tell you guys, like, how the book ends. Okay, where is it? Where's the last page? <sighs> this is like the last little parts of the, of the what's it called? Okay. <laughs> Nothing can rob her of the of the what? Okay, blah blah. Nothing can rob her of her birthright of fancy or her ideal worlds of dreams. And there was always the bend in the road. God in his heaven, all's right with the world, whispered Anne softly. Like, and that was it. This was, like, after they, like, came to the conclusion that she would, like, you know, stay on the farm. Her and Gilbert don't even become friends until the ending of the book. Her awkward, complicated relationship with Gilbert is one of the most like relatable things to being a girl and having a crush on somebody and finally getting the courage to tell that person how you feel about them and just how stressful and unnecessarily stressful that like first crush and relationship is and I'm just like y'all didn't even make them friends they made her like despise this man for more than half of the book. I'm just like, oh no. No, 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 no. But, um, yeah. The book was still good. It wasn't amazing. It was good. Versus the show. Like, I, I give the book, like, a, an 8 out of 10. The show is a 10 out of 10. Now, excuse me. Dear Nobody, The True Diary of Mary Rose. 
This book is different because this is not fiction. This is the diary of a real girl who lived and breathed and lived just like me and every other woman out in the world. The things that she experienced, though in different in a different sort of situation than most people, are still very similar to things that girls and women face every day. So I'm going to read the back of the book to you guys for this one like I did in Green Gables. And it says, they call me a freak. Dear nobody, am I as different as I think I am? Am I as different as I feel? I'm sick of it. It makes me want dangerous, bad, <clears throat> bad things. Drugs hard, drugs and people who are bad for me. But, oh no, 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 sorry. Drugs hard drugs and people who are bad for me but I don't care because I am so lonely and no matter what their intentions are at least they're talking to me <sighs> now reading Mary Rose's diary it made me feel a lot of different emotions a lot of different emotions now the similarity that both of these books have and our protagonist in both books the girls who are talked about in both these books is that they're outcast they're both outcast now Anne is outcasted because she is an orphan a, a situation that she did not bring upon herself she never asked to be an orphan she is automatically outcasted because she has red hair, because she is freckled. She is pale. She is thin. She wears ratted tatted clothes. She's just too talkative. She uses big words. She has too big of an imagination. She's just seen as weird, as a freak, as being different. And Mary Rose, she is also outcasted because she is sick she is she has um uh, what is it called um it's cf it's called cystic fibrosis there we go i didn't want to say the wrong word she has cystic fibrosis and she is seen as being a freak because she is sick because she is also very thin because she thinks herself as being ugly because she is just weak and bruised. And these are two girls who didn't ask for the, cir the cir circumstances in which they are outcasted for. Yet, they somehow still want the same things. They just want to be included. They just want to be loved. They just want to be normal girls and live normal lives. And... Of course, the situation with Mary Rose is significantly different seeing as she was a girl who grew up in a very troubled household. Her mother is addicted to a horrible, abusive man. And because of this, Mary Rose is dragged to living to a new place. And she herself is also an addict. Addicted to drugs, addicted to attention, addicted to alcohol. Um, 
but most importantly, she's addicted to attention. There's like a couple of chapters in this book where it, it almost seems as if it's just Mary Rose wondering why she can't make friends, desperately wanting to make friends. And uh, I feel like reading the diary of a young girl, it can't get more real than that. You know, it, it doesn't get more real than that. I am someone who also kept a diary when I was in middle and high school. I don't know where my journal is, but oh, that thing held some crazy info. I don't know who ended up finding her diary, and it's just, it breaks my heart knowing that whoever did had to, had to read over some of the things that this girl went through, and how a lot of it she went through alone, you know? Something that um, really hit me early on with both of these books is just society's portrayal of girls and how even at young ages, the beauty standard is already, like, pressed upon us. These are two girls who are just naturally thin. One is bruised from having cystic fibrosis and being in the hospital, being poked and prodded. Another one is freckled, literally a skin a, a skin feature that she can't even control. And yet they are both deemed as being unattractive because of the way that their body is built. One literally cannot keep on weight. One is just naturally thin and taller. And yet they are constantly throughout both of their books. Like it isn't a one-time occurrence throughout the, their entire books. Their appearance is something that is brought up countless times. Countless times. Now, the thing with um, with Mary Rose is that there are times where her, where this this journal will really get you angry at her because you 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 just keep on scratching your head and saying why do you keep putting yourself in these situations that could easily be avoided like why do you keep doing this why do you keep making the same silly mistakes but I feel like as girls and women we can all kind of relate in a way that sometimes we just like to see the best in everyone and in everything. And that's it's not always a good thing. It can be a good thing to try to see the, pos the positivity in every situation. But sometimes I feel like we just get stuck in this mode of wanting to constantly fix everything and just believe that it'll work that we end up in a situation where we're hurt more times than not and in Mary Rose case the amount of things that just happened to this poor girl of being messed with her heart being toyed with being taken advantage of being walked over being abandoned being abused just it really is a tough story to get through and and then finding out in the end that 
she dies alone. You know? Like, <laughs> you know, this was a this was a girl who had cystic fibrosis. And if you don't know, like, I could be wrong and I don't know if I'm gonna... Should I look it up? Yes, okay, I would rather look it up than be me wrong. I don't want to give out wrong information to you guys. Oh. <sighs> okay, yeah. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay, it is cystic fibrosis. Okay, so just to give you an idea of what cystic fibrosis is, if you haven't seen the movie Five Feet Apart, that movie is based off of a bunch of kids who have cystic fibrosis. If you've seen that movie, then you would understand how complicated it is. Some of these kids live their entire lives in a hospital because it is safer there than for them to live out in the real world. Mary Rose has cystic fibrosis, and she is also an addict. So it's just like, her body is already like battling a disease, an illness, and her brain is battling another another disease with addiction. But her constant need for drugs and alcohol lands her in the hospital time and time and time again. And just seeing this girl who is struggling with boyfriend problems and friend problems in her own self-confidence and self-worth and just being so alone, you know, in the hospital even by herself fighting for her life and then, you know eventually dying alone like it's it's a lot like the book is just it's it's a good read it's a good read but it definitely is one that is very emotional especially when you take into account that this is a real person who experienced the like really experienced this this was her actual life and between these two girls, of course, one is fiction and one is real life, we do get to see the comparison or we get to see just like the similarities in girlhood of just like how we have, we do have to overcome a lot as girls and women in this world. And sometimes we have to do it alone. And sometimes we don't have to do it alone. But it also kind of touches on the wins that we face against society, you know, and just in our own lives and things like that. Now, one of the biggest takeaways from this is the fact that one of these books is fiction, the other one is not. And of course, in the book that that is fiction, the little girl who, who went through so much and experienced so much um, she got a happily ever after, although it wasn't the story that she had planned for herself, it wasn't her ideal way of doing it, at the, in the end, she still basically got everything that she wanted in some shape or form, 
she got to live happily ever after. In the real story, the nonfiction diary of Mary Rose, we see that the reality for a lot of girls is that you suffer, you go through it alone, life is hard, sometimes you'll have an occasional good moment. You'll find someone in your life that means a lot to you, but find that life isn't always pleasant and that you could even end up losing that person as well and you're alone. And in the end, you die alone. That there is no happy ending. That there is no happily ever after. You know, that is the... That is the biggest takeaway from both of these books for me is that fantasy is fantasy in the sense that we can literally make it whatever we want to. But in real life, no matter how much I wanted like a good thing to happen for Mary Rose, as we were getting closer and closer to the end of the book, as much as my brain and my my body was telling me that there's no way up from here. <laughs> you know, like, we're, we only got, like, ten pages left. There's no way that they can make an automatic turnaround and wrap this up in ten pages to where this girl lives happily ever after. But my heart, being so conditioned to our happily ever after, like, society when it comes to books, movies, shows, and so on and so forth, is... I, I wanted to believe that something good was going to happen. That by the time I got to the end of this book, Mary Rose would also be able to live happily happily ever after. Like green like like green. Like Anne Shirley got to. And I, I wanted that so bad for her because this girl went through so much. And I know how it feels to go through so much. And she never even got her happily ever after. She only lived to 18 years old. I don't even think she made it to 18. I think she made it to 17. She was either 17 or 18 years old. When her life died. Or when her, when her life ended. And the suffering led up to that point. She mentioned in the book that. Even though her family knew that her illness could have killed her, any time she got into that hospital could have been her last. That after being admitted a couple of times, like it lost its effect. (laughs) And no one ever showed up. But as soon as her cousin broke his arm... Everyone was worried sick and showed up to the hospital. But the kid who was actually on the verge of dying didn't get one visitor that whole time leading up into her death. And that is... Which, no, she actually had her boyfriend. She had a boyfriend. And... What was her boyfriend's name? 
his name? What was his name? Jeff. That's his name, Jeff. Jeff went and visited her, and visited her in the hospital. They went on a walk and all that. And when she begged him to stay with her to do treatments and all of that, he said no. He wouldn't stay and do treatment, like, to support her through doing her treatments. And that's where I'm just like, oh. Real life can be so freaking sad. And the thing is just like, I wish that we had more stories like Mary Rose's story. Like, yes, they're hard stories to read. Having to read about a teenager being, like, raped when she was knocked out. Or even being gang raped about being abused by her stepdad. About being um, ignored and just bullied and being left alone and just struggling in this world. Like, it was freaking hard to read but I think that more stories like this need to exist because a lot of the things that happen in this book they're raunchy and dirty and scary and sad but <clears throat> they are the true reality of what happens in girl and womanhood now Anne's story on the other hand is also a great example of girlhood and coming of age story in, in the show, too, it talks a lot about the positive things about growing up, you know? We start to figure out who we are and learn to love the person that we are. We start to build a, a family within our friends. <gasps> Excuse me. We fall in love for the first time. We leave the house and we um, pursue our dreams and... All of these things are great. We start to find our footing and our place in the world. And it's a great coming of age story about womanhood and girlhood, about growing up. And, you know, I mean, there's also the, the the realistic things like getting your period for the first time, you know, about just being awkward with guys and it's even weird, like being awkward, weird with sex stuff, like it's the innocent, awkward, cute, <laughs> innocence, you know, of being a girl and experiencing the world for the first time. Like, that's what Anne Shirley's story was about. But the show also talked about a lot of other things that were important. Like, you know, I said the whole thing with indigenous people, with African-American people or just African people, I, I people from the islands, like... Um, homosexuality, you know, just all the things, body shaming, like, it, it talked about a bunch of things, but more than the bad, Anne's story focused, focused on the positive side of growing up into a woman and spreading your wings and finding your way. Mary Rose's story was about being stunted as a child, about kind of being in survival mode, having to rely on nobody but yourself, about struggling with that need for love, affection, and attention, and 
kind of being willing to do whatever to get that. This was an, a, a perfect example of a person who was broken internally and we see how much they struggled and how frustrating it was to see our main character just not quite getting it. But it is a perfect example of places that we've been before. I can't even count on my hand the amount of mistakes that I've made in life when I was younger. Wanting the same things, love, affection, attention, in all the wrong ways, from all the wrong places, and from all the wrong people. And <clears throat> I feel like more stories like this need to be told. You know, there are... Uh, I'm trying to think of multiple examples, but I can only really think of one that kind of focuses on just the hardships that young girls face and how it is a reality. Even though Mary Rose's life isn't something that could be absolutely mirrored to mine, there are certain aspects that I can pick from. Think about the, the song Runaway Love by Ludacris and Mary J. Blodge, I want to say. It tells a story from three girls' perspectives about just the hardships that they face. Yet, it was a, it was a song that way too many women and girls could relate to that. It was sickening. It was sad to think that so much horror and just bad things were happening to women and girls around us and yes they're singing this song or whatever but there's no <laughs> there's no happy ending there's no happy ending for these girls who are in these situations like sure down the line could there possibly be one sure but we all know, like, statistically what happens to girls who live these horrific, traumatic lives. That most of the time, they get stuck in the cycle. They get stuck in the situation. And a lot of the times, they don't ever get happily ever after. And that <laughs> is girl in womanhood. Some of us get happily ever after, and some of us don't, but realistically, we have to remember that even with happily ever after, it doesn't mean that there haven't been dark times, because I can tell you that if you sit a bunch of women and girls in a room and you ask them certain questions of what they've experienced and haven't in life... Whenever it comes to, like, for an example, essay, sexual assault, those hands are going up. Those hands are going up. Being bullied, the hands are going up. Being ridiculed based off of your appearance, it, it, the hands going up. Feeling insecure because of unrealistic beauty standards, it's going up. It's going up. It is our reality. Now, to wrap this up, I'm just going to say, if you haven't already, after all the spoilers I already gave you, 
If you haven't already, Anne of Green Gables by L.M. Montgomery. Go and check it out. Go and check it out because it is good. I don't know where you can find it because I got it from thrift store. Um, and Dear Nobody, The True Diary of Mary Rose, edited by Gillian McCain and Legs McNeil. Go and find this one as well. Two amazing stories that you can enjoy even if you aren't a girl. Whoever you are, whatever you identify as, these are two really good books that I feel are great coming-of-age stories that are really nice. They're not overly cheesy. I feel like in our media, whenever it comes to a girl's coming-of-age story, it's always like hella cheesy. These two, even if you're watching the show and with an E, definitely check it out. It is an amazing, beautiful show. Extremely charming. It won't disappoint. I feel like they give realistic viewpoints to girlhood and coming of age here in like the Americas <laughs> but yes thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast I hope that it wasn't boring I kind of just had to nerd out a little bit about books and I'm going to be moving on to my next book which is a two a two book series um it's called just one day and then the other one is just one year but yeah that's the next books that i'm going to be reading we're getting closer and closer to finishing our goal of 10 books in a year and i'm pumped 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 to be doing it <laughs> but anyway thank you guys so much for listening to this episode go check out the books if you would like and i'll talk to you guys in the next one enjoy your september it's coming up bye